for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone, He alone, dear friends, is worthy. He alone is worthy of everything we can give Him. He alone is worthy of us stepping out and trusting Him. He alone is worthy of us putting our lives in His hands, saying, God, do something with this life. Today we want to talk about, well, first let me say hi to Kevin. Kevin is with us still. He's out there in Fayetteville, North Carolina, not too far from Fort Bragg, or as they call it today, Fort Liberty. I got to be reminded of that from time to time. I spent the first 60 years of my life calling him Fort Bragg, and now I I guess I got to get used to Fort Liberty. So Kevin, how's things going for you today, brother? (laughs) I'm doing well. I saw the sign today. What used to be Fort Bragg Federal Credit Union is is Fort Liberty Federal Credit Union, and I just thought, uh, do they have to tear everything down? (laughs) For they did the same for my beloved Fort Hood. We planted churches in both those places and outside both bases, and these these installations, you know, I'm like, why do they have to mess with stuff? They take the two biggest, most influential ones, and but that's that's the goal of them, and we won't go to seed on that right now. I'm doing great though, brother. I'm glad that my Jesus is unchangeable and unshakable in what He stands for. Praise Him. Yeah, that's where it is, and He alone. So we we got this idea today of unshakable joy, and that's that's the kind of joy that it, it's not temporal. It, it doesn't visit us once in a while. There's a joy that comes from God, and, and I get it. I mean, the most terrible, a terrible thing happens in your life. Get it. And you're not going to be joyful for a few minutes. We get that. Totally understand. Or a few days or a few weeks. But I'm talking about the kind of joy that shines through the darkest of days. Uh, I'm talking about the kind of joy that puts a smile on your face when you should be crying. Uh, The kind of joy where you're trusting in Christ and and, and everything that he can do for us, everything that he can bring us. I I remember I I memorized Romans 12 years ago, and I always would get hung up right there at 12-12 where Joyce in hope, patient in tribulation. So no one, when those trials come, but just be patient. So joy looks like patience in tribulation. That's what it looks like. Continue an instant in prayer. So, so that's what rejoicing looks like. And in the bad times, you know, just rejoicing in that hope and rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice over in Philippians 4, 4. And as he's talking to the church at Philippi, as he's talking to you and I, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And we remember that Ron Hamilton song, I could not see through the shadows ahead. So I looked at the cross of my Savior instead. Uh, so much knowing that we can look to the cross of my Savior instead. And, and knowing that being joyful is like a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dry up bones. And, and, and so there's benefit, Kevin. There's benefit of taking God's joy. There's Not only are you happy, not only are you making people happy around you, not only are you sharing the gospel, not only are you living a different life, um, but man, it, it, it's it's a merry heart. It's like a medicine, brother. Yeah, you know, I think when we go through trauma, we need that medicine. You know, whatever medicine 
you've got to take you you cannot miss this main one you know we don't want to treat the symptoms we want to treat the the uh, the cause and oftentimes a lack of joy and, and and not only in depression but you know a baseline of humanity is one of the basic needs is joy and god's got it for us we're created in the image of god God is a rejoicing God. He will rejoice over us with singing, you know, the rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. And I've heard it said that God is in the presence of the angels. And it doesn't say necessarily the angels rejoice, but it says in the presence of the angels. But regardless, God is a God that wants us in his image to have his joy. And Jesus said, my joy, I give unto you. So he is a rejoicing person. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, Lord, oh Lord, God, heaven, uh, Lord of heaven and earth. Lord, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking at it, but that's basically Jesus was a rejoicing person and the, God is a rejoicing God. Now, he gets anger. He's got a righteous anger. It says in Psalm 30, verse 5, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. That's the reflection of God's joy in us. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Praise him. So, yeah, and I just want to say joy is undeserved. It's 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 by grace. God's joy cometh in the morning. So if he's angry with us, guess what? God, the next day loads us with joy in the morning. I, I tell you, when I wake up in the morning, no matter, no matter how bad the night's been until I talk myself out of joy, it's there. It's there. And I'm not, you know, I am, I'm a melancholy personality. Partly it's, I'm a blend of several others, I think, but there is a tendency to melancholy, but I've had people nickname me sunshine before because the joy of God that comes in the morning, I don't want to fail of it. It says, beware lest any man fail of the grace of God. So in the morning, I want to get up. I don't want to think about God's anger that I've had, it, you know, my undeservingness, because it's given every morning despite what I've been through and despite what I've done. Despite what what's been done to me, and despite what has been done by me, I have got an opportunity for joy. And think about it: when we're going to have Christmas here shortly, and when we do Christmas, we're giving our kids gifts because we want them to have joy, even if they've been knuckleheads. You know, let's give them some coal. But guess what? We want to give them presents. You know. Seriously, yeah. the presents are we want to pave a way back to ourselves so that they recognize we are good and we are for them. So let's let's not forget that God is paving a way no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've done. God gives us joy every morning. It's his joy reflected in us. It's cast upon us like sunshine and sun, sunrise over a lake. It's shining in our heart, and and when we get up, it's a paving a way. It's lighting a path back to the Son of God. Oh, that's so great! What a you know when you think about nicknames and how they speak to our character and stuff. I I remember you just you 
you triggered something in my mind. I used to work in an office in, in Washington, D.C., and in the office I worked in in Pentagon, I mean, we were all jammed in, and there was a lady who was in there, and this lady could have won the Aunt Jemima looking contest, the sweetest woman you ever met in your life. She hey. could have been put on those bottles of Aunt Jemima, which I, I wish, they don't even make it anymore, or they changed the name, so you can't find my favorite syrup. But uh, anyway, this woman would change lives with her joy. And she had a nickname for everybody. She called me Smiley, and I worked with a guy. She called him Whistlebritches. And the reason, <laughs> the reason she called him Whistlebritches is he farted a lot. And he tried to make it, uh, you know, undercover. He ate all that real good-for-you food, you know, that, uh, that fibrous filled food. But, but I remember, yeah. And she, she called another guy Hopscotch. And anyway, so, but I was just thankful to be called Smiley. But this woman exuded a joy. And uh, I remember I, I got saved during that time, and I came back and worked with her again. She had moved to another office and got a promotion where I had come back to later on. And uh, I remember talking to her, and one day I came up to her, and I said, you know, and her name was Jill, and I said, Jill, I said, why are you so positive, so wonderful, keep us laughing, always involved, always engaged? And she said, I, I'm saved, Doug. She said, I, I talk to my Savior every day. I can't walk in that door without getting right with him. And I just remember thinking about that. And, and, and the, you know, for three years, she had a, uh, you know, she had a spell over the wickedness in her office. But it was the Holy Spirit of God. She would impart joy with everybody she talked to. I remember a colonel would come in and come to the desk, and she'd go, hello, colonel. Don't you look wonderful today? What can we do to make your day better? And I, and I mean, life changes when you're that person. Yeah. Life changes when you work with that person. And it's that whole idea, you know, that church at Thessalonica, Paul looks at him and says, rejoice evermore. And they're standing around saying, man, we need to get this. But boy, when you get that, I'm telling you, the whistle bridges, the smileys of the world. I mean, those people are changed because you got it. Those people are different because you got it. And I tell people I had four or five duty stations that I cried when I left uncontrollably. And that was one of them. And it, it was because I wasn't going to work with her every day. Be that person, not for yourself, but for God. Be that person that rejoices every more. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Remember that song? This is the day. I think it's out of Psalm 118 or 118. I think this is the day that the Lord hath made. The Lord hath made. We will rejoice. He didn't echo yeah. me that time. <laughs> and be glad in it. <laughs> we will rejoice and be glad in it. This hey, is man. the day that the it. Lord have made. Hey, folks, listen, we got to do what we got to do with the radio stations. We'll be right back with you. It's a great thing when you have unshakable joy. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. I remember, brother, you know, when you mess with people when you're a preacher and stuff, and I had married a, a young couple in and they were so excited and so pumped up. And I remember after the wedding, we, we went to the reception and 
went into reception and I, I was in the men's room and I was combing my hair and trying to get everything back in line in case people took pictures. And the young man was in there. I told him, I said, now remember, I said, tonight, you know, your, your bride's going to be tired and stuff. So I recommend you can't fool around till tomorrow. <laughs> well, this guy's joy left him, brother. He, he started crying. And I said, dude, I'm only joking. And I had to, well, anyway, I don't, I don't know what that has to do with you. But the poor guy, he was crying audibly. People were running into the restroom, punching me and stuff, saying, Doug, why did you say that to him? I, I said, I'm sorry. So, so, so I'll be enjoying the Anyway, now Jesus, I can't believe it. I just said, uh, yeah, I'll race that. Yeah, right. But anyway, now Jesus, though, in verse number 19, we continue on in chapter 16, the life of Christ. Remembering that chapter 16 is bringing about this crucifixion is coming. Uh, Christ is preparing people. Now Jesus knew that there were many desires to ask him and said unto him, do you inquire among yourselves of that I said? A little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall not see me. Verily, verily, listen, listen up is what that's saying there. I say unto you that ye shall reap, weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned to joy. Oh, and, and I love this analogy here. It says, but a woman, when she is in travail, given birth, childbirth, have sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she has delivered the child, she remembereth no more of the anguish for joy that a man is born into this world. And, and I love that. It's knowing that, man, once you get through that childbirth, you're like, look what, look what God made here. And, and you know, therefore, you have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice. And your joy, no man taketh with you. I'm so glad that we serve a God that no man could take it with us. And, uh, you know, Jesus knows they had questions. There's stuff going on from his previous statement. And he's telling them, he said, you're going to weep. You're going to lament. You're going to hurt. It's going to be hard hard uh but but you're going to come to the other side it's like a you know it's like a woman who's in travail who's, who's in labor and she's going through it and uh, he illustrates that they're going to have temporary sorrow but when we get to the other side is what he said when that gets to the other side there's going to be great joy friends can i tell you something there's going to be great joy on the other side for those of us who have accepted jesus christ those of us who are laboring for jesus christ those of us who are making a difference there's going to be sorrow in this world there's going to be joy and this is hard for me you know i put in my note sorrow and joy and i underline sorrow because it's going to be here and, uh, uh, you know, and, and there's going to be times that our faith and convictions are against the world. They don't fit. People are going to hate our guts. And, and uh, just remember, Sunshine, man, uh, old Sunshine Rob on the other side here, you just, you trust it. You step out. It, it's, you know, that unshakable joy. He promises disciples, no one can take your joy away. It's unshakable. It's unflappable. And, Kevin, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, that is a very cool thing. This unshakable joy in the in this context is is I like so much that you're bringing this out. Is the context of uh, the joy that you're going to get after the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you? No one's going to take away. And of course, He came back from the dead too, so that was involved in that. But uh, the joy that came there. In fact, when He showed up, He He said, uh, "All all hail." 
and and that has the idea of joy in that as well. It's just a joyful greeting, like "Hello, everybody, I'm alive," and they just just were so excited. But this this is such a a PTSD passage because again, when we are going through the the thick of PTSD, it seems like it's never going to end. And I love that joy is tied into this, a woman that has sorrow, the joy of childbirth is, is the woman that goes through it. I mean, I've never been through it, but I've been with, uh, you know, in in the room seven times while it was taking place. And it's exciting afterwards because they, the mama has a look in her face, sort of like, you know what, um, what sorrow, you know, what, what I'm just happy to, you know, I'm all torn apart inside, but I've got this child here and I'm just so happy. And this is, this is how PTSD works. Remember childbirth comes in, in labor or, um, birth pains as it were contractions come in waves and they come on small and then they, they, go away and then they come back again stronger and they go away and they come back stronger and go away and then they come back really strong in the final push when you're dilated and all that some of you women that had children would know that the dilation when you're eight centimeters 10 centimeters whatever i, I think it's 10 uh, the baby starts crowning and then boom uh, it's it's time and the midwife or the nurses are saying push the uh, the labor and delivery doctor uh, bgyn saying push and that's this is this way that it works in our lives doug is our sorrow comes in waves and it it happens and then it withdraws and we're like, Oh good. That wasn't too bad. And then it comes back and you're like, Oh, I thought this person was out of my life. And then they withdraw again. And then it's another wave and it's strong. And you're like, I cannot handle this. This is, isn't it? And I thought the last one was the end of it. I thought this was going to be easy street getting through this trauma, but there are some traumas you know, if you've been through a long L and D labor and delivery, you know, you know, I, I, I've talked to someone that had a 36 hour labor and that that's three day or, or no, I can count. That's a day and a half. Yeah. And, uh, there's just, a sometimes it endures a, a, forever. It seems like, but there's an expected end Job's trial. You know, every chapter, every or every group of a few chapters, when his friends showed up, they would push harder and push harder and push harder. And then finally, Elihu shows up at the end. He's a fourth friend. It's like, oh, Elihu, he's a good guy. He's got nothing but good to say. And then toward the end, he's like, he is, you know, Job deserves this. You know, he just kind of launches into it. Yet another pushback against Job and then God shows up. And when God shows up, it's the final push at the end of the book of Job chapter 40 uh, in there and somewhere in there. And 40 is the number of testing. And so in, in and about that 40th chapter, you've got the big push. And when God finished pushing, a new Job is born. And, you know, that's what we want. We want to have the, the, we want to have 
uh, productive pushes. We want to have our trials be productive. And Doug, I can't help thinking that a lot of people quit after the first or second contraction they, and they throw in the towel and there's a stillbirth. And uh, Hezekiah put it this way, the children are come to the birth and there's not strength to deliver. There's times where we have to pray, Lord, I've come to a time where I feel like this is a should be a meaningful trauma but I don't have strength to get through it. I feel like the baby's stuck in the birth canal and the dilation is not taking place and I'm wore out. And folks, the baby dies and you die in that place. And you don't want to die in place. You want to get through it. You need to say, Lord, please give the final push. Show up in the tornado like you did to Job. And in a whirlwind, make this thing end. And that's God's will, that there be a final push and you'd be birthed into a higher level of faith. That's Amen. what I want. Oh, weary pilgrim, lift your head, for joy cometh in the morning. For God in his word has said that joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Ye trembling saints, yeah. dismiss your fears, for joy cometh in the morning. Oh, weeping morning, dry your tears. For joy cometh in the morning. I love that verse 22 where he wraps everything up and says, hey, I'm coming. I'm coming again. There's a promise there. Folks, put a smile on your face today. You get to serve a great God. He gives you an unshakable joy. Come back with us tomorrow as we learn about praying in Christ's name and digging through the scripture. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.